0: Hello everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone out in Facebook land. How's everybody doing? Is you getting your hope restored? Amen. God touch your heart this morning. Amen. Mm, he's good, isn't he? Amen. Well, we've been on a series. <clears throat> excuse me. We've been on a series for the last four or five weeks on growing in the favor of God, and how are you guys doing at growing in the favor of God these last several weeks? Have you been growing in it? Have you been pressing into the the favor, favor of God for your life? Still wanting more of it? You're not getting bored with the series, I hope? All right. Well, we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to be on part five today of growing in the favor of God, and I just briefly want to Hit three of those points that we talked about last week I'm going to do a little repeating myself uh, today because I really feel like the Lord wants to continue to bring repetition to us today So that we get the revelation of what he's wanting to say and what he's wanting to do in our hearts But as you can see on the screen right there, we there are three points that I made last week about how we're to grow in um, the favor of God and, and that honor is honor attracts the favor of God to our lives. And so we talked about what honor was. It's about having high respect, great esteem, and great value for everyone. Everybody say everyone. That we honor everyone. It's not just about honoring authority in our life, but it's about honoring all people in our life. And we used that example last week about the emperor who was Nero and how cruel he was, but how God still Spoke through Peter to us about how we're to honor everyone, even imperfect authority. And so we're called as people of God to honor all people. And then we went into honor is founded in the value of who you are in God. I really believe even as Brett shared what he shared prophetically this morning, that's what we're talking about. The very thing that Brett prophesied and spoke to us about being the children of God literally that is what we're talking about that all honor comes out of that revelation of our identity and our value in Christ Jesus and the value that he places upon us and so we as people of God are to honor what God honors right and so if we are created in the image of God and we are called to greatness and have a destiny to accomplish in God so we are to take that honor and we're to acknowledge the honor that God has placed on every individual. And we're to accept that honor that God places on people and we're to ac- acknowledge that same honor and we're to operate out of that honor towards people rather than our fleshly honor, okay? And so it's, it's out of that identity and that value that God places on people that true honor comes. And so we talked about that. And so we are literally submitting to the valuation of God. We're submitting to his valuation of people rather than what we see on the outside, which leads to our third point, that honor is not, or honor is unconditional. Honor is not conditional on their behavior or their performance, like we talked with Nero, but literally our honor is to be unconditional. Say, my honor is to be unconditional. That is tough and that kind of honor really requires the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to help you To empower you to honor people that way And so that's kind of the the journey that we were on last week And so today we're going to jump into one of the I I've just had so much fun in this this week's message because we're going to jump into somebody's life that literally walked in humility and such honor and and this example that we're going to go through today is going to reinforce this issue that we've talked about <clears throat> about honor being unconditional because we're going to see from his life, and we're going to talk about David today. But we're going to see David go through some really crazy circumstances and crazy um, hardship. But yet David maintained honor in his life. And God, because he maintained his honor, he he maintained his humility. God exalted David to a great place. He brought honor to him. He brought wealth to him. He brought riches to him. And he brought such influence and, and put David in such a high place as king over Israel because of how David positioned his heart in honor and humility and so we're going to look at david's life today and i'm going to i'm going to paraphrase a lot of scripture today there is i mean there there's about 20 chapters in first samuel that we're going to i'm going to give you highlights i'm going to skip over the mountaintops and i'm going to kind of paraphrase the word of what went on kind of to set the stage of what we're going to talk today about on how david honored and how david walked in humility so Instead of right reading 20 chapters today, I'm gonna bear you that and I'm gonna kind of just give you the highlights So that's where we're gonna go today. You guys cool with that? So the story that where I'm gonna start on is I'm gonna start with the story out of 1st Samuel where where Israel gets its first king and the first king of is in Israel's history was King Saul and so in the book of of 1st Samuel this book goes into how, um, how God ha- God's government was through judges. And so if you'll remember when Moses established judges and judges would, they, they, they ruled uh, Israel's uh, government. And so they were spiritual men and women. Deborah was a judge. Uh, and they were men and women who ruled and and judged and kept God's people serving God and kept the requirements of the law before the people Continually and they would bring their cases before them and they would judge their cases based upon God's will and the and the government of God for God's people was through judges but that changed with King Saul because the elders of Israel began to get frustrated with the current government of God. And so what they did is they began to demand a king rather than judges. They wanted one person, one king, to rule over them like the other nations. And so we, we pick up this story in 1 in first, in first Samuel, because the leadership of 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 Israel was not happy with God's government And so we have a situation so here we have we have eli who was the priest and he was a judge And he's the one that samuel came under samuel was a prophet, but samuel was also a judge as well And so eli had what mentored samuel for all those years because hannah brought Um, Samuel before the Lord before Eli and and Samuel was raised in the house of God under Eli Well, Eli had gotten old and he had brought his sons Hophni and Phinehas into leadership Over Israel and Hophni and Phinehas were wicked. Everybody say wicked. wicked They were wicked. They were wicked sons and Eli refused to correct his sons and then, now we were having Samuel's sons, who was Joel and, um, oh gosh, I can't pronounce it, his name, Joel and, yeah, Joel and, I'll get to it later. And so now Samuel was bringing his sons up, because now Samuel the prophet was old, and he was going to be bringing his sons up into leadership as judges, and the people were beginning to revolt, Okay? And they wanted a king. And so this is where King Saul comes into the situation and he becomes king over Israel. So Israel's leaders are not, happy with, are not happy with Samuel. And they're demanding this new structure in government. And they want this king to rule over them instead of judges. And so Samuel warns them. Samuel comes with a prophetic word. God speaks to Samuel, and Samuel comes to the elders of Israel, and he warns them. He says, guys, you don't want a king. Trust me. God is saying he wants you to be, he wants wants to be your king. Samuel says, you want a king to rule you and to protect you, but God is wanting to be your king. He is wanting to be the one who protects you and guards you. And we're going to get into this because it's really important to see. We're going to see in this story, we're going to see honor and dishonor. We're going to see humility, we're going to see pride. We're going to see all kinds of things come out of the passages when we get here because this is a powerful, powerful passage in that we're going to share today on, on pride and humility and honor and dishonor and, what it, and, and and the result of that in their lives so that we can then see it in our own lives. And take a look at our own hearts because I believe God is correcting our hearts in this hour. Would you guys agree with me? So God wanted to be their king. He wanted them coming to him for wisdom and protection However, Israel's leaders were not listening to Samuel and this caused Samuel to become very angry And Samuel felt dishonored and rejected by Israel because they would not listen to his prophetic warnings And again, last week, one of the the things that I mentioned last week was that the, the fruit of dishonor, if you remember from last week, the fruit of dishonor is rejection. And Samuel is now being dishonored. He's being, his prophetic word, his prophetic voice is being rejected by Israel. So we know already there is dishonor in Israel. Do you see that? And so that dishonor is leading leading the people of God to dishonor Samuel's word and not take him seriously. Because Samuel had quite the record. Samuel brought prophetic word after prophetic word, and the people of God listened to him, and they loved his leadership. But now they're starting to dishonor. And why do you think, just for a moment, why do you think the people of Israel were now dishonoring Samuel because of his sons. Their honor was not unconditional. Their honor for Samuel was tied to his performance with his sons. They, their... Their honor was not unconditional. They were conditioning the honor for Samuel and his prophetic word based upon the fact that Samuel had not corrected his sons and that Eli had not corrected his sons. They would not be in the boat that they were in if Eli and Samuel would have actually corrected their sons. How many times do we do that here in the body of Christ or in our world? How many times do we judge people by the way they Treat their children or don't discipline their children. And what do we do? We get in dishonor we get into oh gosh They are they're messing their kids up anybody ever said that So that's what's going on in Israel they're going through the same thing that we do in our culture our culture our honor is not Unconditional We put conditions on it. And so now Israel is literally withdrawing their honor from Samuel, and they're withdrawing his word. They're they're withdrawing his influence. They're no longer listening to the prophet. They're just saying, ah, and you're going to see in a scripture that we read here in a few minutes how they begin to dishonor Samuel. So Israel's honor was not unconditional. Israel dishonored and devalued Samuel because they saw his mistakes. How many times do we devalue people because we see their mistakes? I've done it. You've done it. We've all smoked that pipe. We've sold that shirt in the garage sale and we have bought it back. <laughs> Every one of us have done that. They knew Samuel had not corrected his wicked sons, Joel and Abijah. Abijah. I don't know how you pronounce that. It's really different. And the Bible, and here's what the Bible says. His sons did not follow Samuel's ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, and they accepted bribes and perverted justice. That's what Samuel's sons began to do. They saw the behavior of Samuel's kids, and the elders said to Samuel, here's how they dishonored Samuel now. Listen to this. You are old dishonor and your sons do not follow your ways now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have so they dishonored samuel because of his age and they dishonored him because of his sons and samuel also i want to even bring up even samuel in this passage samuel even gets to a place where he's dishonoring god You know why I believe that? Because Samuel didn't honor God by disciplining his sons. So even Samuel had lost this value in God's sovereignty, in God's... Uh, omnipotence they, he, he had literally not corrected his own son there was a levitical law of how they were to discipline their sons and both eli and samuel had dishonored god by not disciplining their sons and we see that in our culture all the time don't we What I want to propose to us today is if Eli and Samuel would have honored God and corrected their wicked sons, I don't believe Israel's elders would have wanted a king. I believe because leaders dishonored the Lord, I believe that's why they wanted a king. And so you can see this thing of dishonor and pride going on here. But here's what God does. Even though lack of honor caused all these problems for Samuel and Israel, here's what God does. God tells Samuel to give them a king. God says, Samuel, I want you to go ahead and give them a king. They think they want a king. I want you to go ahead and give them a king. And the man that I choose is going to be Saul. And God chose Saul out of all the men of Israel, Saul was a very tall man. He was ahead above all the other men. He was, he was good looking. He was quite fit. And, uh, and uh, that's who God chose. Guy kind of looked like me. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Tall, maybe. So God tells them, God gave them what they wanted, but there would be consequences because of this lack of honor. The leaders of Israel, and here's where I really want to hone in, and I really want to challenge us, and I'm going to make this point even later when it comes to David and Saul. Because what really has taken place with the leaders of Israel is they had lost their value of God's ability to lead them. They had first devalued God before they devalued Samuel. They lost, remember, remember, honor is high esteem. It's high value. It's putting someone in a high place in your heart. But what the Israelites had done is they had dishonored God. They had lowered God's value in their hearts and in their minds about God's ability to lead them. And so they took things into their own hands, okay, by wanting a king, they no longer valued God's ability to lead them. They no longer honored God, and they no longer honored Samuel. But what I, the point I want to make today, if you don't honor me, or Alger, or Fred, or Frida, whoever God, you are literally dishonoring God first. Right. Right. This is a foundational principle you got to get in your heart. You you may think, I can dishonor people. I can not treat them with respect and high esteem. But really what you're doing is you're actually dishonoring God first because you're not valuing what God says he values. So for me to get to a place where I honor all people, I've got to get rid of my pride, and I've got to get in a place of humility where I'm submitting myself to the Lordship of Christ again and saying, God, I will honor that which you honor. Because I'm actually honoring others because I'm honoring you first. And all honor comes out of honoring God. But the leaders of Israel had lost their honor of God, and they did not trust in their, God's ability to lead them. I believe God, if they would have allowed God to be God, he would have corrected the sons. If they would have trusted God and honored God, I believe God would have, trust, God would have corrected Samuel's sons. If they would have trusted in God even though Eli wasn't and even though Samuel wasn't I believe God would have brought correction I believe that's who he is I believe he loves us enough not to let us stay in the crap I believe God pursues us I believe what God was trying to do was he was trying to to bring a people to repentance he was trying to bring them back to a revelation that they they needed him as their king because Israel was wandering away from God once again And so now Saul is king over Israel. He's anointed by Samuel. Samuel anoints him, and they get what they want. And this is what God said to Samuel. Out of 1 Samuel 8, 7. And the Lord told Samuel, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Let that sink in. Again, my point is, even though they were dishonoring Samuel and they were rejecting what Samuel was prophesying to them, they ultimately were not honoring that man, but they really were rejecting God. So every time I dishonor, every time I dishonor, every time I reject someone, every time I speak bad about someone, every time I'm speaking words of death rather than words of life, over someone, I'm dishonoring my God. Are you getting that? And God resists that. God opposes that. When we dishonor people, it is because we have first dishonored God and our pride thinks we know best that before so honor attracts God's favor to your life and dishonor opposes God's favor to your life dishonor shows up in rejecting God and rejecting people so rejection is really your warning sign that you are actually dishonoring somebody okay everybody got that so when you reject somebody when you devalue them in your thinking And You pull away from them. That is your sign that you're actually dishonoring something God honors So that's your warning So who in your life? I asked you last week who in your life? Are you pulling away from who in your life? Are you rejecting who in your life? Do you not have good thoughts about? You know, and we've all got them. I know I'm sure a few names just popped to the forefront of your head And God's saying, will you honor them and value them the way I honor them and value them? So remember, rejection is the fruit of dishonor. You might want to write that down. Rejection is the fruit of dishonor. So it is when we lose the sense of value for God and the value of someone, we know that we begin to reject them. So when you lose value in me, when you lose value in Tom, when you you lose value in your spouse, hello, when you lose value in a teacher or an administrator or someone in your life when you lose value of that person in your heart you begin the, the 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 fruit you begin to walk in this fruit of dishonor that leads you to rejecting not only god but rejecting other people and once you reject their value you then reject God, and then you reject their opinion, you reject their teaching, you reject their influence over your life. That's the progression of dishonor. And Israel dishonored God and rejected God's influence, and therefore they rejected Samuel's influence over them. So follow your rejection. Follow your dishonor. See where it's leading you. Look on face, Puke. It's amazing all the dishonor that goes on online. Oh, bad-mouthing this one, bad-mouthing that one. If I would do this or I would do that, I mean, dear God, there is such dishonor on Facebook. Anybody noticed it? Follow your rejection and you will discover your dishonor of God and people. So this leads us now to Saul becoming king and where I want to move into finding a man after god's own heart following how david honored is amazing to me it blesses me every time i read it so here's where we're going to get into and here in a second we're going to read quite a bit of scripture but saul is now king and you know what saul does saul starts out really really well he's very dependent upon god he's very humble he seeks god's direction lord should i go and take this city uh no he consults with samuel he asks samuel samuel should i do this so he he's submitting to other authority he's yielding his 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 kingship to other people around him and he's asking god so he starts out really really well at first And then over the course of time, King Saul begins making decisions based upon the fear of man and making himself look better. He has an insecurity about his rulership. Now, I can understand why Saul might have been a little insecure, not because he was 6'6 and a good looking dude. Uh, He was the first king. He really didn't know how to do it. I mean, really, when you think about what he was stepping into kingship, he probably was pretty inadequate. He probably didn't know what to do. So, in the beginning, he was humble. God, I need your help. Oh, God, that's where we need to stay. He needed to stay in a place of humility. But then he moved into pride. Then he moved into dishonoring other people around him. And then, as he's in pride and now he's in security and he's making it all about him, now all of a sudden the favor of God that was on Saul, that favor, guess what happens? It, it, it begins to get opposed. The favor of God begins to slowly move away from Saul's life as king because he was dishonoring others, he was promoting himself, he was in pride and insecurity, and he made, began to make bad decisions, and he compromised his mission from God. He compromised his mission from God, and he lost the favor, everybody say lost the favor, of God upon his reign. He lost the favor of God over his rulership over his kingship. He did not lose favor of God on his life He lost it over his rulership There is an aspect where he lost the favor of God in his life as well because he becomes demon-possessed He becomes a madman and he becomes this crazed king now And this is where the story I think gets really really good and so God speaks to Samuel and says Now that the favor of God was now moving away from Saul because of what? Dishonor Dishonor. and because of what? Pride. Pride. So now we're seeing, we're seeing a bird's eye view of a man's life. And now the favor of God is being slowly removed because God is trying to get a king to what? Repent. He's trying to get a king to turn back to who? Him. Him. God opposes the, and gives favor to the, God opposes the, gives favor to the, point well taken. So God comes to Samuel Samuel and says, Samuel, he speaks to him prophetically. He says, Samuel, I have rejected Saul and I have chosen another man to be king of Over Israel from the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, what do you want me to do? I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I want you to go there and I want you to anoint one of his sons as king over Israel. Okay, so what does Samuel do? Samuel honors the Lord, praise the God, and he knows that he is in danger. He knows if the king finds out that he's going to anoint another man as king over Israel, that Saul will probably take his life. He is in great danger. But what's he doing? He's honoring God before man. And so he privately goes to Benjamin, or to Jesse's house from the tribe of Benjamin, and he has Jesse bring all of his sons before him. And boy, as soon as he sees the oldest, he comes down, the guy's good looking, he's tall, and... Yeah, that's not God's anointed and God speaks to Samuel. I do not look upon what man looks But I look to the heart God was looking for a man's heart And so he brings all the sons before him and we won't go through the whole story there But the finest the the, the one that God chooses is the youngest who's actually out in the field Shepherding sheep and he was David Precious David a man after God's own heart. And so this is where the story gets a little crazy because now Samuel anoints David, a young boy, probably fourteen to seventeen years of age, anoints him as the as the king of Israel. David, and the anointing comes upon David immediately. There's an immediate anointing of the Holy Spirit, and David then goes back to sheep. Sheeping. <laughs> but then um, this demon. Perplexed King Saul can't sleep at night. He's being tormented And so they say hey Saul goes man Give me a harpist give me someone who plays music and have them come play music for me at night So that I can rest and they said oh, there's a man named David who plays the harp really well the favor of God was on his life and he brings David into the throne room into the very house of Saul and David plays his harp you know, he's probably prophetically anointed on that thing. Well, not quite that. But anyway, every time David plays the harp, what? This demon spirit leaves him, and Saul is at peace. And the favor of God begins to fall on David. David then goes, and he kills Goliath, and he destroys the, the giant. And we know that favor keeps coming towards, towards David's life. And then... Saul begins to get jealous Saul begins to not like the favor that he is now seen on David's life Because that favor used to be on his life And it's no longer on his life. So now this story gets really crazy and now David, Saul gets to this place to where he decides he's going to kill David and David flees for his life into the desert. He takes off and and um, God protects David while he's in the desert. And David's favor continues to grow even as David is out in the desert. And men start to come to him and people begin to come around him. and He begins to lead even when he's out in the desert hiding in caves because Saul is pursuing his life to kill him. Even Saul tried to kill him before he even left his house. There was one day he was playing the harp and Saul literally threw a javelin and tried to pin David up against the wall to kill him. That's how mad this guy got. I know I'm going over a lot of details. we got time. But can I ask you, what do you think was going through David's mind when he's playing the harp for the, for the king? Think about it. What, do you, what would be in your heart? You know, God's just prophesied over Alger. Alger, you're going to be the next pastor of New Covenant Worship Center, and and I'm, and, the, and the prophet anoints you, and 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 then you have to come play the music for me. I mean, what would go through your mind as the guys going nuts and crazy? I think in a culture of lack of honor. I think if David wasn't in humility and he wasn't in honor, he probably would have thought, dude, give it up, Saul. It's over. The glory of the Lord has departed. Move over and let me take the place. If pride would have been there, I think he would have had jealousy in his heart. I think he would have been waiting for the old man to croak and say, guys, hey, let's move over. It's my time to shine. That's not what David did. David wasn't envious. David wasn't jealous. David wasn't just, "Ah, when's my time? When's my time? It was in this days of fleeing from King Song. King Saul, that I believe David was now being truly tested in his honor because he was in a place. Now, so think about this going from the palace to caves. What would you not have in a cave? What would you have had in the palace that you don't have in the cave? A bed, a toilet, a place to take a you know what, food lavish food lots of wine all kinds of things anything your hearts desired was in saul's kingship and now you don't have any of that and you're living in cave from cave damp cave cold cave you know let's just put it where it's at david wasn't in a good spot he was threatened his life think about what he's going through and he has every right to defend himself he has every right to to take his kingship if you might say and so he's being honored or he's showing honor but it's in this test of fleeing from Saul that David's heart of honor was really being tested. And every one of your, te- your heart is going to be tested. Every one of us will be tested in leadership or will be tested with good things or positive things. Things were blessings. And you'll want that blessing and you'll, want, you'll be tested as to whether you'll take that blessing out of dishonor or if you'll wait and let the Lord bring it to you. after all god had anointed david and he had the right to the kingship he bore the favor of god upon his life and it had already been decided in heaven he would be the next king so why couldn't david defend himself why couldn't he just kill saul what does the heart of god look like in this situation so we're going to look at first samuel real quick there's a lot of scripture here and we're going to look at what the heart of god looks like in honor As David is being pursued. So Saul took 3,000 abled young men from all Israel and set out to look for David. Who did he get? 3,000 abled young strappy strong men. Sounds like a pretty good entourage. And he's going after him in the crags of the wild goats, which means nothing to us, but that's a place where there was wild goats, we'll say, okay? He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Do you know what that means? Take a dump. Sorry, that's what it means. He was going in there to use the bathroom. So he takes his robe off, puts it down, goes in there, hikes up the skirt, <laughs> bends over a rock. Hey, we got to get into the story, guys. you got to understand the context. Great visual. I could have been more visual, Jeff. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said to David, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with him as you wish. Then David crept up, unnoticed, and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. After, David was conscious stricken for cutting off a corner of his robe. honor honor. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Honor, honor, humility, Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul my lord the king When Saul looked behind him David bowed down. What's that? Humility and honor and prostrated Himself with his face to the ground He said to Saul. Why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? this day You have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord, because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut it off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. And then David says, May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, From evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the King of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate, my, vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. You know, what's funny about this passage is even David's men who are with him in the cave bring up his prophetic word. They bring up his prophetic word and they say, hey, dude, this is exactly what God spoke about you. That he's going to deliver, he's going to deliver your enemy into your hands. And you're going to be able to do with him whatever you wish. Whatever you wish. I mean, the circumstances looked like the will of God was for him to take Saul's life right there on the spot. But David had something else in his heart. To them, it made sense. This was God's blessing upon David's life. Take his life. Kill him. Here's what I want to say. Opportunities don't always reveal the intent of God's will. This is really, really important. Opportunities don't always reveal the intent of God's will. to repeat it again opportunity the opportunity to kill saul did not reveal that that was not the will of god just because you have an opportunity to do something doesn't mean it's god's will for you to do it but rather it is a test of what resides within your heart So many times i see this with finances i see it with people assuming the will of god because an opportunity presents itself this opportunity has got to be the will of god he wants to bless me he wants me to do it and because this opportunity is before me it must be god's will so i'm going to do it and i'm going to indulge in that and it's only there to test your heart it's actually the opportunity comes to expose what is in your heart. And you take it as if it's for you. And God may be saying, Ah, uh-uh, I'm actually testing your heart. And that's what God was doing with David in this situation. David was being tested in his honor if he was going to take Saul's life based upon the opportunity. And what I love about David's heart, his heart was even grieved because he'd cut the corner of the robe of David. So if you can imagine the robe laying over here to the right, and Saul's went over here to relieve himself. And David sneaks up and cuts it. That even grieves his heart. Man. And some of the things we say about people, and it doesn't grieve our heart. The dishonor that we show people, and it doesn't grieve us anymore. It doesn't convict us how we treat people anymore. Even though King Saul no longer manifested the evidence of the Spirit of God upon him, David still recognized the anointing he possessed in principle. David believed one cannot hold a position of authority without the hand of God to do so. Hear me. David believed Saul could not be in a place of authority if god had not given him the authority david was honoring god first and because he honored god first and who god had placed in authority david refused to take his kingship before it's time and he allowed himself to honor God first. And by honoring God first, he honored God's anointed. He honored the identity and the value of Saul first. Do you guys see that? That is what was, was driving David's heart. Even in Romans 13 it says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. God establishes authority. And sometimes I don't understand it. Sometimes I don't understand the authority that God places over us. How about you? But there's two points that I want to make about David in this situation. David honors Saul unconditionally. Everybody say that with me. David honors Saul unconditionally. I realize that's a point I made last week, and I really believe God is trying to renew our minds in this thought. I believe that's why I'm repeating it again, and I'm showing you an example of David honored Saul unconditionally. He did not honor Saul. Saul based upon his performance or his behavior. David honored imperfect authority. And David's honor was not based upon Saul's behavior. David honored Saul as an image bearer of God. David honored Saul as an image bearer of God. This is what he said in verse 10. Maybe. Is there not another one? Okay. I will tell you what he said in verse 10. Good (laughs) thing I put it in my notes, eh? This is what David said in verse 10. This day you have, and he's talking to Saul as he confronts Saul outside the cave. David says this, This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord, everybody say the Lord, Lord." delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. He placed value on Saul even though Saul was a wicked king. David understood the divine kingdom principle of honor. And here's what you may want to write down. I should have put it up there and I didn't. No matter how far a man falls from God, no matter how far a man falls away from God, there remains the image of God in the man. there remains the image of God in the man. And there remains a call of God on the man. And there's an anointing on the man to fulfill the call, even if he falls away from God. God is always about redemption. God was wanting Saul to be redeemed back. He really wasn't trying to get rid of him. That is the that is the choice saul ended up making and saul ended up dying But god was about redemption But what david honored was david didn't honor saul's behavior. He honored saul's identity and his value to god Do you get that he honored? saul's identity and his value to god he honored Saul's identity and value to God. He honored Saul's identity and value to God. Are you hearing that repetit- repetitiously? Amen. Powerful story. Again, I want to repeat honor is unconditional. Do you believe that? Honor of Saul honor of people in authority honor of your spouse honor of parents honor of all people From christians is to be unconditional and that's not the way the world world does it But we're shining lights Can I have an amen on that the second thing david honored and trusted, and I think this is probably the biggest thing that we've got to get in the American church, is David honored and trusted God unconditionally. I believe because he honored and trusted God unconditionally, he was actually able to honor Saul unconditionally. David trusted God over his own calling and his own purpose, his own destiny. David knew he was to be king over Israel, But he trusted in God's ability to bring it to pass versus making opportunity for himself to do it. You know, some theologians believe that this time that David was fleeing from Saul in the desert was anywhere from four to eight years. How good are you keeping your honor on for four to eight years? Most people leave a church in about three weeks. How how long are you four to eight years in honoring your spouse? And you go, I'm out of here. How many times can you wait four to eight years? But I mean, I thank God my children honored me in my days of stupid. I know Karen really appreciates it too. <laughs> how long can you keep your honor on? Because what God does is He tests you in your honor. He refines you, in your honor and your love, and you want to make tail and run, and and reject and and dishonor people. And God say, No, I've got you there because you need it. I'm trying to show you something about your heart. And David's honor was being tested and refined with King Saul. And David passed the test with flying collars. And even David says in verse 12, they got it back. Oh, maybe that's all. Okay. Okay. In verse 12, he says, may the Lord judge between you and me and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. There was this trust that David had in God. That God, you've anointed me king and you, you will bring it to pass. I trust you unconditionally. I know what you've said, but I am not going to make things happen. I'm not going to manipulate the situation. I'm not going to manipulate my spouse. I'm not going to manipulate my parents. I'm not going to manipulate the people in my life. I'm not going to manipulate my boss into getting what I want. I'm going to honor them, and I'm going to trust you with promotion. I'm going to trust you with favor. I'm going to trust you to vindicate me and to deliver me. But church, what we fall into, and I've done it, We fall into bringing our own justice for the cause. We bring our own justice to the table and we demand our rights. We demand to do it our way and that is pride and God resists it. But David was a man after God's own heart and he trusted God unconditionally. God, I know you will see it to pass and let the Lord judge between you, Saul, and me and let him vindicate me if that's what he wants to do. Beautiful. Isn't it beautiful guys? David trusted and honored God unconditionally And here's where it comes to us as I land this plane this morning God is correcting us And this is a really good correction this isn't a I'm mad at you boys and I'm gonna take you to woodshed and whoop you This is a beautiful time in the history of this church, for us to humble ourselves. And to allow the correction of the Lord to come towards us when it comes to honor, when it comes to humility. We do not currently, in this house, honor unconditionally. And in this culture, we look more like the world than we look like God's culture of honor. Matter of fact, in our culture, we honor people once they're dead. And we give a eulogy and we'll say, I mean, I did one several mi- weeks ago. And I honored the person. And I said all the great things of their character and their nature. And we do it once they're dead. And we're supposed to give honor when they're alive. Unconditionally. And God's favor comes rushing towards you when you do that. The anointing of God comes your way. Just like David, his influence increased. In our marriages, we do not honor our spouses unconditionally. We don't trust in God's leadership over us. In our workplaces we do not honor unconditionally in the church we do not honor unconditionally in the school we do not honor teachers and authority or classmates in our homes we do not honor each other when we see something someone do something wrong we jump on it When we see somebody do something wrong, we want to dishonor them immediately. And we look at what's wrong rather than what's right about that person. And we end up rejecting them or correcting them or we want to bring justice ourselves in our own way rather than trusting God and listening and waiting on Him to bring correction and conviction. And my friends, God resists that. He opposes that. Now, I realize that there are things in the Word when it says when you see your brother in sin, you are to go to your brother gently in humility because you know that you're capable of the same thing. So you're coming not to control, but you're coming to go, hey, I was just wondering if you knew how what you're doing is affecting me or it's affecting other people. But like Israel... I think we cause a lot of problems to come towards our life when we don't honor people I Think what happens is we dishonor people like the world does and then we take justice in our own hands and we reject and we pull away from people and then we cause relational problems and Conflict and then we want to blame God that our relationships are all jacked up. It's kind of like Israel they wanted to blame uh, God for the poor leadership over them and they wanted king instead of being ruled by judges because they were blaming God for the, the Lousy leadership over them, but it was because leadership wasn't correcting the children And what we end up doing is we end up blaming God for the crap that's going on in our life when it's actually Pride and it's actually dishonor that's causing all the friction to happen towards your life. Does that make any sense to you? And then God gets a bad rap because his favor is being pulled away from you because of your pride and your lack of honor. So friends, I don't know about you, but I believe honor attracts the favor of God toward your life. And we must learn, everybody say, I must learn how to honor others before myself. I must learn how to honor others before myself. And I must learn God's valuation Of others (laughs) We must be like David who honored imperfect Saul and he honored God then God exalted David to the highest place in Israel He exalted him with honor wealth Influence David established the tabernacle of, of David with 24 7 worship and prayer in the house of God he conquered Jerusalem And he got Jerusalem back. He brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. He brought revival to to Jerusalem. He brought revival to Jerusalem. He brought a people back to God. He made Jerusalem the center of Israel's political and religious life. And he completely defeated the Philistines. And they never were a serious threat to Israel's security again. Honor and humility attracted God's favor towards David's life. And humility and honor will attract God's favor to your life. How many believe that? See, we're going to get ready to see some great things, I believe. I believe we're getting ready to do some great things for the Lord as we press into humility and honor. I believe we're going to grow in God's favor as a church. I believe honor and wealth and influence will come to this house and the people of this house. I believe we're going to see more signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe they're going to increase. I believe souls are going to be saved. I believe people are going to be discipled into radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God in this house. And I believe our city and our region is going to be changed. I believe the spiritual landscape of the city will change as God's people allow themselves to be humbled and to honor others before themselves. I believe it attracts the anointing. It attracts the favor of God towards your life. And I believe that's what's coming. God's favor will then begin to affect this whole region as we submit ourselves to God and his ways. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? So my question in your homework as we land this plane again (laughs) What is one step you can take to honor someone in your life this week? What's one step that you can take this week to honor somebody in your life now? It would really be easy for you to do that with my wife She's really easy to honor. Has anybody ever noticed that? I would say pick somebody that you may be struggling with. And begin to ask God to give you the value that he has for that person. And ask him, how do you want me to honor that person this week? What do you think about that homework? Does anybody have somebody in your mind? If you've got somebody in your mind, just raise your hand. Okay. Okay, I'll let you guys think a little more. Who does God want you to show honor to this week? And what is God asking you to do? You've got to get God's value of them first. Otherwise, you will be doing it with wrong motivation. And they will smell you coming. And they will say, you're just blowing up my skirt. You're just trying to flatter me. You're just being a cheesy salesman. If you don't get God's value, if you don't let God break your heart about how beautiful they are, What was it, Brett? Could you read that real quickly again? Child of God, could you bring that up here? Give him the mic. This is what we're asking for God to put in our hearts about people.
1: be good be beautiful be pure this world desperately is looking for true love stop listening to the world's voice stop listening to the confusion and the chaos my voice is not there my hope is good my hope is found in stillness
0: May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. That's a word from the Lord. You see imperfection. I see beauty. God forgive us. That we see the imperfection in people rather than seeing what God sees. I don't know about you, but I need help from God to get that revelation, to get that kind of honor for all people that I would see what God sees and I would see that they are created in the image of God and the value that God has placed upon them. I would yield and surrender to And I would accept it as my own. And then I would begin to treat those people with that kind of honor and that kind of respect and esteem. That will radically change this city. And it will bring favor to your life. Stand with me. Thank you, Father. I've been praying and asking God how he wanted me to end the service. If you would just place your hand on your own head. And we're just gonna pray. And you know, our head really deceives us, our thinking deceives us. But just say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, name of Jesus I need your help. I want to honor what you honor. I want to love what you love. Lord, I lay my hands on my head. God, I ask that you renew my mind. I ask that you take all that garbage out. I ask that you would forgive me. That you would set me free. From critical thinking, from sarcasm, from gossip, from slander, from speaking ill towards others. And let me see what you see. Let me see that beautiful flower that's blooming in each person. Help me to fertilize it with my honor. Help me to prune it with my honor. And help me to see the beauty that you see. Father, I'm all in. I confess my sin of dishonor. I confess my sin of rejection. And I ask that you would forgive me. And Lord, I choose to put on humility and to put on honor this week. And Father, I ask that you would convict me anytime I begin to speak ill towards others, that you would convict me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, Karen and I were on the way to church this morning and it hit me. And I was starting to dishonor someone. And I said, I'm sorry, Karen. Forgive me for those words. I prayed this week that God would begin to convict you as he's convicting me. He would begin to erase the slurring, the gossiping, the critical heart that we have towards other when we see what is wrong rather than seeing what God sees. I believe you're going to see some things this week. I believe God's going to challenge you. I believe he's going to convict you. And really, to be honest with you, he's going to begin to grieve your heart. And He's going to change the way you think this week. So I just pray a blessing over you father in the name of Jesus. I bless your people I thank you God that you're raising up radical passionate Aggressive lovers of God in this house who will love you and love others Well father, I pray that you would bring an honor in this house that God would increase The anointing and the favor towards everyone's life God so that it might bring glory to your name So father I just bless your people God may your peace overshadow them god may your grace come upon them may your favor god rest on them convict us all this week god draw us closer to you and help us to value this week what you value and father i just thank you for it in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit in jesus name amen amen